0: Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Going Greyhounds for Tuesday, December 5. My name is Kat Ernst and we'll be talking greyhound racing for the next 30 minutes here on Sky Sports Radio. Unfortunately, not joined by my co-host Jared Daffy today, but we've still got plenty to get through. Of course, the main action this past week has been down in Melbourne with the running of the Melbourne Cup and Bowl Trees finals uh, down at Sandown Park. And New South Wales Greyhounds did us very proud in the staying race of the night. Palawa King and Ritza Piper running 1-2 in the finals. So that was terrific to see, of course, Palawa King uh, now a- three-time Group 1 winner, which is just absolutely remarkable, Uh, really stamping himself as the best stayer in Australia, and of course, Ritza Piper, she recently took out the Top Gun stayers at the Meadows, so a brilliant run from her to run uh, one and a half lengths behind the winner, and then uh, earlier in the card, we also saw uh, Father Rick, the grand old warrior, continue on his really good form from uh, Dapto, taking out the Sir John Dillon Memorial at Group 3 level for Ray and Sharon Webster, so Congratulations to all the New South Wales Brigade who represented the state down at uh, Sandown Park on Saturday night and did so very well indeed. Uh, Back here in New South Wales, the main event this week is the Group 2 Maitland Cup, which comes up on Friday. A quick look at the market there. And Nangar Jim from Box 8 is the $2.60 favourite ahead of Nadal Sheba for Pete Lagojiani. It's drawn Box 6 and it's the $3.00 second elect. Uh, Then we go out to Sublime Ethics, who's drawn the cherry for uh, Dave Smith at $6 and Rampani is the best of the rest at $8.00. For Peter Sims, of course, Rampani was the fastest qualifier last week. Uh, let's get straight into things here on Going Greyhounds. We're going to have a chat to Barry Gibbons, but first let's listen to the heat win of a Big Frank better in the Maitland Cup last Friday. And
1: racing, nice your way towards the outside. phase, Magic is straight through underneath the Big Frank Benner. Royal Nangar, you Exclusive, Russia across now to join Big Frank better the inside Royal Nangar. Two lengths, Tarawai Rocky, then coin model. Phase Magic, respectability on the corner. Big Frank better turns in front rawnangar the inside offers Hills with Kenya exclusive and next was coin mightman in front big Frank Banner he's holding him big Frank Banner win face Mag Greg second from near last third up was Kenya exclusive Now followed then
0: by that was Big Frank Banner taking out his heat of the Maitland Cup last Friday and joining me to have a chat about that win as well as his other heat win is Barry Gibbons who has two through to the final good morning to you Barry
2: Yeah good out cat nice to talk to you
0: First of all, congratulations to through to the final. It must be a a real exciting time for you to obviously head up to Maitland with two, I guess you could call them, underdogs for the series and they both come out on top.
2: Yeah, we weren't expecting too much from them. But, um, yeah, they both um, began nicely and um, they'll be able to hang on and do the job. So, yeah, very happy with with how they all went. And, um, yeah, just try and keep things as normal as possible this week and um, hopefully they can uh, run a nice race again.
0: Big Frank Banner was probably the standout of your duo. Um, He looks to be a really nice dog on the way through. He's had the 11 wins from 21 starts. Uh, Just talk us through how you've progressed him through the grades.
2: Yeah, he's a nice young dog. He's always shown a bit of ability. He broke in nice and um, he showed some promise up the straight early. But he's uh, he's probably a little bit of a hothead. He gets a bit over keen, so he probably needed to get you know a few starts under his belt and come of age a bit. I think mean, he's just turned two now, so he's starting to mature. So he just I think he just need to get a few starts under his belt and race some decent company. And um, yeah, I think he's starting to settle down a bit now and mature. So yeah, you no, know, it was it was nice to see him, uh, yeah, travel up there well and um, begin nice. And um, yeah, he was able to hang on.
0: Was that their first look at Maitland?
2: He had trialled there previously. He, he trialled well uh, the week before. So yeah, I was expecting him to go good. So, um, And he likes a big track. You know, he handles bullo okay. Goes well up the straight. So you know, we were expecting him to go, go all right. The 450 is probably about as far as he wants to go at this stage. So, yeah, the distance probably suits him too.
0: And his sections were brilliant, 769, 25 dead, uh, particularly that first section. You know, once you start breaking the 770 at Maitland, you're going particularly well. So that's going to put him in good stead for the final, you would have thought?
2: Yeah, for a big dog, he, um, he can carve out nice sections. He's um, yeah, If you look at his, his dam line, they're all um, lid pingers. So, um, yeah, you know, he's for, for a 33.5 kilo dog, he can get out of a box, okay? So yeah, he boxed well in the three. I like I like dogs when they sort of have same same routine every week. So he's during three in the heat and in the final. So if he can step again. He'll put himself right in the mix.
0: And your other little girl who made the final was four and batter and she was also impressive. She took out her heat from box eight in twenty five eleven. A bit of an upset there, defeating Zipping Caleb, who was one of the hot fancies for the series. So must have been a nice, pleasant surprise for you there.
2: Yeah, she's one of my favourites. She's a real sort of tenacious chaser. Um, just a yeah, real professional dog. Um, I mean, the dog that led the race, um, I think it holds a record over 300 at, at Richmond. So, you know, she she had a bit of work to do to run it down. But, um, yeah, like she's another one. She's just a real honest chaser, real professional. Um, and it's taken a while to sort of build her up. She's always shown, you know, good speed early. But to get her over sort of 450 and up to the 500. It's taken a bit of time, but she's just a real honest dog and gives you everything she's got. So, you know, very happy to see her finally get into a nice race.
0: I was going to say she's been very consistent. You look at her form and very rarely does she finish out of the money further back than fourth place. So um, she just seems as honest as the day is long.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, you'd like to have a a kennel full of dogs like her. They're just yeah, real routine. They they basically train themselves. You don't have to do a lot, and then they just when they want to go, they go. They don't give you any issues, and you know she just she's had a lot of setbacks, but she'll just push through it, and yeah, very happy just to um see be in the mix.
0: And now you also got a treble at Maitland last Friday. You also had Brute Banner win up there, uh, 22-25 over the 400-meter scamper. So he's tracking along nicely too, and looks like he'll have a bright future.
2: Yeah, he's a young dog on the way up. He, uh, he I think he's only sort of 20 months old. Um, he's he's got that you know acceleration as soon as he gets out the box, he can you know really hits the deck hard. Very aggressive dog. Um, really wants to win. Really a real competitor. But, uh, you know, we're just taking, it, taking things steady with him, not pushing him too hard. So, But uh, so far, he's ticked all the boxes. He's doing everything right. So he can get a little bit stronger as he gets a bit older. You know, he, he might be, you know, next year, he might be featuring a Maitland Cup or something like that.
0: And talk us through uh, his breeding, because it's very interesting out of your... Group one winner Lily Banner, but interestingly enough, you took a punt and went with Blue Moon Rising, who, of course, was a, a top class stayer back in his day um, and from a terrific litter that also included Feloce Nero mm. and Poco Dorado. So, uh, a lot of people would have been hesitant to, to sort of take a Group One winner in a, a left field decision, but not yourself.
2: Well, that was my father's call, he, he bred the litter. Um, we're looking to go back to the Fernando line with her. Um, and she's obviously, she's done a double one, that Barsha line. And, um, yeah, my father, he always wants the breed of stay. He just loves strong dogs. So, you know, and she was very quick early. She went to Peter Mosman and she just always speared at the front and rattled off nice sections. So we're looking to put a bit of strength into the pups. And it seemed to, seemed to have clicked. Um you know, from everything I hear of that litter, as you said, Milwauchi Nero and Poco Dorado, there's a heap of them there that probably won a couple of million of prize money amongst the the litter, just the real you know champion litter and um you know Minnie says he was one of the hardest chases she's ever had. She was telling me the other day she'd give him a lead on it, went park one day and he dragged she fell over, and he dragged her around halfway around the track. He just said he was just a, yeah, just real tenacious chaser. But, you know, travelling, he was very relaxed and he'd switch on when he had to. So, yeah, he ticked all the boxes and, um, yeah, I think my dad made the right choice going to him.
0: Well, hopefully you guys can reap the rewards. Uh, your dog's, of course, synonymous with the banner uh, suffix. So just talk us through as well. Where does that come from?
2: Oh, that's going back years and years. Yeah, um, so I think when I was, I, was, I was probably only five, or six years old. My dad had dogs with um, Paul Coochie back in the day. And uh, I think he ended up making a, a Australian Cup final. It might have been the national sprint final with a dog called Rusty Banner. And, um, yeah, he's just always had that, that sort of prefix. And, yeah, it's just something we've stuck with. And, yeah, it seemed to work for us. So, yeah, we'll just you know, keep uh, breeding on. And yeah, if they're any good, we'll give them the banner, the banner name.
0: We've had a very fruitful couple of years and hopefully it's set to continue. Um, how exciting would it be if you were to head up to Maitland this week and take out the cup final?
2: Oh, it'd be a huge thrill. I'm um, probably be more happy for the team. Um, you know, I mean, every decent dog's always got a, a, a good team behind it. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got uh, my father, he, he breeds the dogs and does a lot of the, the education. Um, I've got Lee Rogers, she helps me out, she handles the dogs and, you know, she, Always there to catch, and you know, she'll trial them for me when I can't get there. And uh, we got a good kennel hand in um, a lady named Pat, and a few of the owners are always out helping us Ian Douglas, and Wazza, and Les. So, got a good team behind us. So, you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice for them just to see um, a little bit of success. One of the dogs, so yeah, no, it'd be a great thrill.
0: We've got a two and eight shot of bringing home the cash on Friday night. So, best of luck, and thank you for joining us for a chat this morning.
2: Yeah, good on you, Kat. Nice to talk to you.
0: That was Barry Gibbons, who has two runners in the Maitland Cup final this Friday night. We'll take a short break here on Sky Sports Radio and be back with Tony Edmonds. Don't just get a forklift.
3: Right now, Toyota Material Handling is having a massive clear-out of 2022 and 23-plated forklifts. Score great deals across a selected range of new Toyota forklifts currently in stock, counterbalance and reach forklifts, walkie stackers and more. So if it's 22 or 23-plated, get a great Toyota forklift deal. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota
0: forklift.
3: T's and C's apply. Offer ends December 31. Skipped breakfast, Ken not oh, You've got to come over the Blue
2: Mountains one day and visit Mudgee, because this Mudgee Cup day, they fly in in their learcaps, and that's what we bring you in. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but the best, Kenny. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'd
1: have a beautiful Mudgee bed or a beautiful shardy waiting for There's some really
2: lovely young ladies up here who... <laughs> what <laughs> Just what I need. A, a bit more chaos. <laughs> Country girl. Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah. that. Might be See, exactly mate. what I need, you yeah. know? Yeah. The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds.
0: Welcome back to Going Greyhounds here on Sky Sports Radio. We were just chatting to Barry Gibbons, who has two runners through to the Maitland Gold Cup final on Friday night. And we're going to continue the trend of talking about Maitland by having a chat to uh, Tony Edmonds, who is the manager of the track up there in the Hunter Valley, and uh, just see what he makes of both the finals and the great support card that's no doubt going to be released a little bit later this afternoon. Good morning to you, Tony.
1: Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. First of all, you must be absolutely wrapped with the quality of the final because it does look a a diverse little spread of uh, really good class one-turn dogs.
1: It is. Look, every year I say it's the best one I've ever seen. and Look, they just keep raising the bar. But I did a little bit of research, and the previous best time that we've seen come out of the Gold Cup was held by Evie Jet Power uh, a few years back. And four of the runners last Friday night have actually betted that time. So I think we're in for one of the best finals we've ever seen.
0: We ran through the market a little bit earlier, but just a a quick refresh. Nangar Jim is the $2.60 favorite. And uh, I do have a little bit of inside knowledge on that dog, of course, uh, training in partnership Mm -hmm. with Joe uh, Nangar Jim. He's drawn box eight in tone. Um, I, I am a little bit biased, but I did think he was impressive, even though he was run down in the heat. Um, from doing some research, I believe he broke the first and second sectional records.
1: Look, he would have gone very close to it. He loves this track. He seems to grow an extra leg every time he comes here. I think if you look at the way the race will play out, he's, he's going to be punching into that first corner and obviously the dog to catch. Um, but looking across the field, you've got Nadal Sheba, twenty four seventy nine struck trouble early the other night, come home strong. Nangar Jim, twenty-four seventy-eight, Rampari, twenty four seventy two. Scorching boy, twenty-four I've never seen anything like this go into a Gold Cup final before. And I, I think this is the best race I, I, I think we'll see here at Maitland ever.
0: I think uh, generally you normally get, you know, one that goes 24-6 or 7, and then there can be quite a wide spread. But there is such yeah. a, a group of them lumped together. So the start is going to be also important. I guess um, from our perspective, Nangar Jim, he can tend to dwell ever so slightly On occasion but box eight hopefully is ideal for him because he um he does have that brilliant acceleration once he does hit the ground but um he's going to have to do everything right with plenty of pace drawn underneath him Um, exactly
1: and the one thing i've learned from these races is not to expect what you expect if you go back to 2020 a dog called mozza won the race in 2508 and it, look, it doesn't matter what time you run, as long as you're first past the post, and anything can happen in these big forms
0: Exactly right. And um, even a dog lacks Sublime Ethics, and I thought Rampani was great value, considering he's the fastest qualifier in $8. Yes.
1: Yeah. And look, um, Sublime Ethics loves this track. You know, David Smith has been up here a number of times. It knows its way around. Uh, there were a few first, I think Warhawk uh, 2499 having its first look. And most dogs, after they've had the first look at the track, usually improve. So you can expect some improvement out of, you know, Rampari, Warhawk and the like. So um, it, it's all shaping up nicely.
0: And one of the support races on the night, I think it's the first time that they've been run um, on the same night tone is the Future Stars final. It's normally in the lead up or they might have even been on at different times of the year. But yeah, um, a, a nice, nice support little card uh, for the Cup on Friday night.
1: Exactly. Yeah, look, the Future Stars we used to run on the last weekend in October, and when Greyhound New South Wales did a restructure of its uh, group racing calendar, they spoke to us about combining these two major events. Now, the Future Stars has become, you know, what we call a maker of champions. Uh, since 2007, we've had the likes of Skywave come out a winner, go on the following year to make the million-dollar chase final, run third, totaled up nearly 172,000 in prize money. 2018, good odds Arada for Frank Hurst came out of the series. Uh, one year later, went on to win the Million Dollar Chase Final, amassed $1.3 million. And in 2020, we got the likes of Zipping Kyrgios, Golden East egg Finalist, and won over half a million dollars. So as the years go on, this race just keeps throwing up, you know, champions of the future.
0: It's definitely one of those series that you have to watch the dogs that come out of it. Uh, the fastest qualifier, rinsed the Lot for Michelle Sultana and part owned by Brad Canney. And I did read a, an article this week that said Brad's never been as excited about a youngster as what this fella is, um, has yeah. only been really back from the breakers for about five weeks.
1: Oh, well, fingers crossed we've got our next champion coming through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What did, you, what did you make of those heats? Who was the most impressive in your eyes yeah. uh, last Thursday?
1: Look, I, I thought Michelle has rinsed a lot and sort of raised the bar of what, where they need to be at twenty two thirty four. 34 the, the one that has done really well here, has been trolling really well, was Angel Shirley. Struck a bit of trouble in that race against rinsed a lot. Uh, on Friday night, she's got box eight. I think if she can get around and stay out of trouble, it's going to be hard to beat. Uh, local knowledge, I think, is always a big thing in these in these races, and that brings us back to Michelle Lil, Kenya Inferno in box one, ran 22:48 here uh, on Friday, uh, Thursday afternoon. I think we'll go better again on Friday night. And the others are uh, Charmaine Fields' two dogs. Uh, uh, where are we? Um,
0: Furious is one of them.
1: Yeah, Furious and Redfern Ferrari. Now, I think they might be surprise packets. They're very well trialled here. They know their way around. And with a little bit of luck, I think they're going to be hard to beat as well.
0: And it's not just those two races on this Friday night. Uh, looking through the calendar, the Boxer obviously still isn't finalised just yet. Yeah. But we also have a non-graded uh, 565, which hopefully gets over the line. Uh, $7,200 yeah. to the winner. The Damsels Dash, which is non-graded, over 400 for the girls. That's worth 3000 and the bronze bullet over the four fifty for the boys. Um, a really nice support card and um, these events, they always seem to attract good fields. So plenty of reasons to get out on track at Maitland this Friday night, Tone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, it's going to be a cracker night of racing. Um, we're, we're trying to make it a family night. We've got Party Chameleon coming along with children's entertainment. Uh, we've got uh, musical entertainment under the grandstand. And hopefully... Um, Great weather, good night, and some fabulous racing.
0: Before we let you go, I'll put you on the spot, Tone. Who takes out the cup?
1: Nadal Sheba, for me.
0: Okay, $3 with Tab Nadal Sheba jumps from box six oh, on Friday night.
1: His run the other night was phenomenal, and I think if he gets a clear run, he's, he's definitely the dog to, talk to Pete. I think Nangar Jim will lead them, um, and not for me, Nadal no, But then I'm a terrible punter, so don't listen to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that, Tone. Don't say that. Thank you very much for joining us here on Sky Sports Radio and best of luck to all connections in the club for hopefully a cracker night on Friday night.
1: Thanks, Kate. Cheers, mate.
0: That was Tony Edmonds, who runs the Maitland Track, ahead of their big meeting this Friday. We'll take another short break here on Sky Sports Radio and be back to chat about the Phoenix
1: the only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe first time every time is right here live and exclusive across the sky racing network
2: the sun is shining, the waves are crashing and who's a-thundering in the southeast. The road to Magic Millions goes through Eagle Farm and Doombin this December with five action-packed race days. Kicking off with the George Moore Stakes, carnival features also include the Grand Prix Stakes, BJ McLaughlin and Vaux Road plate as well as the buffering and the gateway. It feels like summer again and the Queensland Summer Racing Carnival is where the Magic Happens trackside. For all details, visit queenslandsummercarnival.com.au.
0: At TAB, we're on for the Inter-Dominion. Place a win bet on races one to six at Albion Park during the Inter-Dominion. And if your horse runs second, get a bonus bet back up to $50. That's a bonus bet back up to $50 if your horse runs second at Albion Park on all three nights of the Inter-Dominion heats. TAB, we're on.
3: First online
2: fixed odds, win bet only. T's and C's at website. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going Greyhounds. Racing, Big Energy was okay to begin, but look at Idolize flying over. Idolize will lead. Big Energy's back in the field, taking a four was Buddy Minnelli. To the back, Idolize the leader. Max damage up to second. Mozzie rocks is third. Big Energy starts to make ground. They're clear on Make No Promise and Tim Zoo. Then came Fabs Vegetable. Leader was Idolize. Two in front, trying to get a max damage. Big Energy's running on. Idolize in front. To the outside, max damage. Big energy flies. Aussie Rocks. Aussie Rocks has gone through and won. What a finish. Aussie Rocks has won the Melbourne Cup. Second big energy. Third's a photo. Max
0: damage. That was Aussie Rocks taking out the Melbourne Cup on Saturday night at Sandown Park. And joining us now to have a chat about where things are headed down in Victoria, moving towards the Phoenix, is Corey Smith from the Meadows. Good
3: morning to you, Smithy. Good morning, Kat. Pleasure to be on. i tell you what, listening to that call just gives me goosebumps. What a cracking race it was.
0: Absolutely. I wanted to start chatting about the Melbourne Cup because obviously uh, it was one of the, the big races of the carnival and um, it was a race for the ages, really, because normally these, these Group 1 events, you get the leader that goes out and it's really decided um, straight after box rise. But even going off the back, where were you going to look? There was a million chances in it.
3: Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't think I even watched Big Energy at all live. Uh, I saw him jump and saw saw he kind of got shuffled back in the field, the favourite, and Idolize went straight to the front, and she's just so tough, and she just uh, she was straight out in front. And I thought, oh, can she hold on? And even into the home straight, I was I was wondering whether she could, but. Aussie Rocks just storming up on the inside. Max damage was a big run and big energy, of course, coming down the outside as well. It was, as you just said, it was where do you look? It was a cracking race. It might not have been the strongest edition of a Melbourne Cup we've ever seen uh, on paper leading in, but it certainly goes down as one of the better races from a a pure, pure viewing spectacle.
0: Now, we had Paul Young on uh, the morning line yesterday, who was a part owner of Aussie Rocks, and he was saying that the the team are really hoping that the dog gets a call up for the Phoenix. So there's a, a couple of slots left. Uh, very interesting because the dog is going around at Hobart in a, a heat of the Hobart thousand this Thursday. So if he was to make the final, that would uh, put him in some doubt, I guess, uh, the 48-hour turnaround to the Phoenix, whether stewards would let them withdraw from one or the other Um But from your perspective, Aussie rocks. What would you make of him heading into a race like the Phoenix?
3: Yeah, he'd certainly be a massive show. I I think leading into the Melbourne Cup series, he was probably more noted as a a Meadows dog. He ran second in a national distance here. And he's done a fair chunk of his racing here. And a fair chunk of uh, his wins have come at this track. Uh, over the 600 and the 500 so uh, he's nice and versatile he's nice and strong and and he absolutely loves the meadows so i wouldn't go astray but going into a phoenix slot at all uh as he said though it might be a little bit difficult with the hobart thousand and i'm sure the connections would love to win a hobart thousand as well it's a cracking race and everyone down in tasmania would love that on their resume but uh, obviously with the prize money on offer for a phoenix i'm, I'm sure they want to get involved in that too so we'll have to wait over the next few days the uh the the nomination's close for the Phoenix on Friday and the final fields will be completely confirmed on Sunday uh, when we do the box draw. So uh, they'll, they'll have to wait a few days to try and find out and I'm sure there's some wheelings and dealings going on in the background. But uh, at this stage, the, the short answer is I'm not sure whether Aussie Rocks will be able to uh, get himself a Phoenix slot at this late notice or not.
0: Now, the field is really starting to take shape, though. Do you want to run us through the confirmed starters at this stage for the Phoenix?
3: Yeah, so Postman Pat uh, is in there for uh, the Greyhounds HQ Syndicate. You've got Good Blokes Society taking Alpha Zulu. You've got uh, Big Energy in for RSN, Scalacci for Ladbrokes. Uh, and then you've got uh, uh, the Queensland Flame winner in JSJ, J. And then the three that are up in the air is still the Corp one, uh, the, the Sportsbet one, and, of course, the Total Container Solutions uh, slots. So there's still three to be confirmed. Uh, I think everyone 's probably assuming that we actuallys fast might go round with with sports bet but I, I have it on pretty good authority. The decision hasn 't been made or hasn 't been finalized yet, so uh, that that one 's up in the air too. So.
0: I can reveal that the tab corp slot will be announced tomorrow morning on the morning line at nine a m with jason Adams so um, we 're really excited with our choice of greyhound for the event and um really confident that we've got a dog that's going to go in there and give it a good shake. Um, You just mentioned, wow, she's fast, though. Um, She obviously trialled last week and probably wasn't the wow, she's fast that we've come to expect. She's getting a bit long in the tooth and had plenty of injuries. Um, From a a form analyst or a purist point of view, Corey, where do you sit on her at the moment?
3: Uh, Look, to be honest, my, my head probably says that she's not up to it at this stage. Uh, my heart would, would obviously love to see her in it. To go for a 3 peep would just be a phenomenal story and a phenomenal thing for the race, uh, for, uh, really for, for the greyhound industry. To have a dog of that calibre going for uh, the world's richest race three years in a row would be phenomenal. But um, at this stage, I think she'd have to draw inside to figure... Uh, as he said, her trial, 29.35 at Sandown, we've seen her break 29 seconds in the past and run low 29 seconds really comfortably uh, in times gone by. I think she's still got that zest for racing and she still wants to do it, but I think she's at a point in her career where she might need a few things to go her way, whereas previously she was good enough to overcome a bad box draw or, or um, a really tough field. But I, I think at this stage of her career, she's going to need a few things to go away come box draw day if she is selected in the final field.
0: And you also mentioned the last slot, um, which is the Total Container Solutions, is um, primarily driven by Jared Sharp, who is a Greyhound owner uh, and breeder down in Victoria. And Sharpie, of course, took out the Sand Groper over in WA earlier this year. So he's got a lot to prove. So the pressure's on Sharpie to go back to back
3: yeah that's it they uh they waited till the last minute with crumble Manali and they ended up winning the sand Grover and they're they're following a similar sort of tactic in waiting till the last week and and then signing up a dog. so I think they'll be announcing uh tomorrow as well, so we'll put that out across our our meadows socials on Facebook and all that sort of stuff and on the green light on podcast that I do with James vanandermart as well so uh we'll we'll be announcing that one tomorrow and that'll be nice and exciting too and Yeah, it's always intriguing to see which way the slot holders go and whether they go early, like someone like a Greyhounds HQ did with Post and Pat, or or whether, like Total Container Solutions, Jared Sharp and Shane O'Hare, who've waited to the last minute, that was their proven formula from from the sand groper. so it'll be interesting to see whether they can do it again. And if they do, I reckon it'll be one hell of a party on track.
0: So we've got three spots left to confirm, obviously Tabcorp have made their decision and that will be announced tomorrow, but um, from your perspective, just throw up some names that you would love to see going head towards the Phoenix. Um, obviously dogs like Transponder, Hector Forley, they're not locked in at this stage, so uh, would they be two that you would like to see in it or are there some other Smokies that you think would be good for the series?
3: I think the the thing that's so exciting about this year is it's such an even crop. I think in the first two years, you probably had your headline acts that everyone wanted to get a hold of, and then it made it a little bit difficult moving forward. But this year, probably big energy is probably the most exciting and most informed greyhound at the moment. Uh, Postman Pat was wonderful a few months ago, and is probably not going as well at the moment, but uh, I, I think the the nice even crop kind of helps it. A couple of names that you said there, Transponder, Hector there. They've both been in really good form and a group one winners at, at the Meadows in the last couple of months. A dog like Morton, who could go to a Silver Chase series as well. Uh, even Max Damage, who who ran third in a, in a Melbourne Cup as well, has kind of come out of the blue. So there's plenty of dogs that you could kind of lean on and pick and they'll be part of uh, well, not those dogs necessarily, but there will be dogs that are part of the reserve pool and uh, whoever the reserves are will run in a match race on the night on December 16th as well. So uh, they're still in with a, a chance. We saw last year Plaintiff had to get scratched and Zippy Tesla came in off the bench and, uh, and ran for, for Neds last year. So it can all, all change and sometimes these reserve pool greyhounds can get a start. So it'll be interesting to see where they'll land.
0: And as we just mentioned, the Tabcorp slot will be announced on the morning line tomorrow, Wednesday at 9am with Jason Adams. And you're going to join Jace off the back of that announcement to have a chat about the field as it takes shape and the box draw, the all-important box draw, where they actually get to pick their their own draw this uh, weekend, this Sunday, it will be broadcast on Sky Racing too. So a good uh, a good level of promotion there for the race to be able to, to get it out to viewers all across Australia and uh, across the world, even um, if they've got interest in looking at the box draw for next Saturday's race.
3: Yeah, exactly right. We, uh, we love that about the Phoenix, is that everyone wants to be involved and everyone wants to talk about it. And being able to broadcast it and partner up with Tabcorp and Sky Racing as well is, is a fantastic thing for the industry. And uh, uh, the way that we've been able to broadcast it, and as you said, we'll, we'll announce the, uh, the Tabcorp slot tomorrow and then then get stuck into having a good look at it and then Sunday with the box draw being broadcast from 10.30am on Sky 2. Uh, That'll be an absolute cracker too. It'll be plenty of fun with Jason Adams, myself and Gareth Hall going through that. We'll be talking to all the key players and uh, we'll have plenty of fun with it because that's what the Phoenix is all about. It's about promoting the industry and having a bit of fun.
0: Well, it's going to be a massive 10 days, Smithy. So best of luck to yourself and the club and look forward to hearing from you on the morning line tomorrow morning.
3: Thanks, Kat. Very much appreciated.
0: That was Corey Smith from the Meadows to have a chat about the Phoenix with uh, everything starting to take shape ahead of that $1 million to the winner race on December 16. That's all we've got time for here on Going Greyhounds. Good luck to everyone who has dogs engaged in the feature races that we discussed uh, this morning coming up over the next week or so. And uh, we'll join you here same time, same place next week.